Well, I'm blessed this morning uh, to, to minister God's word, and I believe that God's going to do something great uh, this morning, and God's going to minister, and I, I believe that, and my prayer is that God would, uh, would just continue to strengthen you, my brother and sister, and whoever has walked through these doors this morning, whoever is tuning in, on, tuning in online with things that we're going to look at in God's word, I pray that your strength uh, would be uh, reinvigorated, would be refreshed. Um, if you had any thoughts of, of wondering if you uh, can make it uh, across the finish line, I'm here to tell you and declare in your life that you can make it across the finish line. Whatever God has, has placed you over, has called you to do, you can make it because of what we're going to talk about uh, this morning. So I pray this morning that uh, you leave here and that we all leave here strengthened, uh, encouraged uh, with new resolve to finish whatever it is that God has set us over to do. Can you say amen? I believe this morning that God's going to do that. I want to share a scripture with you out of Isaiah chapter 28. We're going to read there in just a moment. Uh, so find your way there, Isaiah chapter 28. This message uh, this morning that I want to minister is entitled, Oh My Strength. Oh My Strength. Now, I don't know if you've seen, um, there have been incidents in, in the realm of construction and engineering and building where uh, you may have seen, seen pictures like this of, of, of foundations uh, that have failed over time, um, whether it be uh, in homes or, or, or businesses uh, or in buildings and such as uh, tall uh, skyscrapers. And there's a picture I just found, I want to just put it up there, uh, shows the, the, the tragedy of uh, a foundation that is not... Uh, as secure and built in the way that it should be. And over time, because of maybe seismic activity or time or, or just weather or different things, uh, these things that, that were built up so high and so much was invested in them, over time, they can begin to fail. Some of these buildings have been condemned and more, uh, and more worse uh, have collapsed due to these foundation issues. And in this life that you and I are given, we're given a short amount of time uh, in, in this life here on earth to build something for God, to build, for God to use our lives to build upon, uh, for something for you and I, uh, that, that whenever that time comes for you and I to, to leave this earth, that thing that we could be proud of and we could be hopeful in, that when we leave this world, we pray that it will remain. The legacy that you leave for your family, the prayers that you leave for your family's uh, well-being and salvation, that they would remain in Christ. These are, I believe these are all the things that, that we want to have intact when that time comes and we need to leave this earth and go to heaven for eternity. Whatever it is we do, we put our hands to, you want it to last. Can you say amen? You want to be effective in this life with Whatever you put your hand to, but we're given but a short time to do this and to accomplish this. And in all of this, I want to look at whom we can build our lives on so that whatever we build will remain and it'll last. In Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16, the Bible says this. It says, therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Safe to build on. Whoever believes need never 
be shaken. And I just thank God for, for the worship and the, the, the words that we were singing about not being shaken in Christ. will never be shaken. Whoever believes need never be shaken. If you bow your head with me and pray this morning. Father, we're grateful, my God, for your grace and mercy. God, we thank you for your calling. Father, we thank you for allowing us to gather here, Lord God, to worship you, Father God. And we thank you, Lord God, that you abide in the praises of your people. And we know that you're here this morning, my God. We know that you're doing something, Father. And I pray that you would have your way this morning, God. That we would be reminded, Lord, that, that you are our strength. You are our support, Father God. You are the chief cornerstone, Father God. Lord, and if we've been tempted to quit, Lord God, to, to throw in the towel, Lord, I pray that you would forgive us, my God, and you would help us to know that in your strength, my God, we could finish. In your strength, Lord, we could do all things, Father God. With you, all things are possible, Father. And I pray, Lord God, for uh, every person hearing my voice this morning, my God, that, uh, that they would be strengthened, Father God, any trial that they're uh, enduring, my God, that you would just give them strength, Father God, and uh, just help us to do what you've called us to do, my God. We thank you. We ask in Jesus' name. We all say amen. amen. Thank you, Jesus. Whoever believes need never be shaken. Now, how many know that time and circumstance in life have a way of testing our resolve? There are times where in life when things are, are going great, they're going uh, exactly according to plan, and how you planned it, how you saw that it would happen, it's going according to that plan. And when things are like that, it's easy to go forward, right? It's easy to continue on. It's, it's easy to be encouraged. It's easy to, uh, to just, just have that smile on your face. But how many know life doesn't always go like that, right? There's curveballs. There's things that come out of left field that test uh, your resolve, that test your faith. There's tests and trials that come to all of us. Time and circumstance, they have a way of revealing priorities and conditions in our lives. And I'll tell you what, if, if you have not uh, been humbled, then, then humility is something that will come uh, to all of us because you understand that your physical strength and ability and, and, and your own way will only get us so far. We're humbled many times because when we saw things happening in one way, we were so, so sure about things transpiring and taking place. Sometimes we're left and full of question marks and why? Why is this happening? Why is it, is it going like this? I saw God it going like this and, and, and this is what I b believe was going to happen. But, but curveball came, curveball came, uh, curveballs came and just changed the course of your life. There's an example in the Word of God and we know the story of Peter. Who, who Peter was a, a zealous uh, individual. He was one of Jesus' disciples, and, and he proclaimed his own goodness to Jesus. He proclaimed that, that Lord, although uh, Jesus was getting ready to, to leave his time here on earth and to die for our sins, and Peter told him, Jesus, if all of these, all of, all of my brothers, all of the other disciples forsake you, I'll never do that, Lord. I'll never forsake you. Jesus, you've done so much for me. You brought me so far. You, you've helped me. You saved me. You, when I was sinking, you, you saved me. You helped me walk on water. If all of these others do that, if, all, if they all forsake you, I won't forsake you. Haven't we been there before? Maybe we've been full of ourselves or full of our pride that, that I'll, I'll never do that. They may do that. I'll never do that. That's exactly what Peter was saying. 
He proclaimed that he'd never betray his Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He saw him day and night. He was with him for those years. But in the moment of truth, the consequences of his confession were too much to bear. There was a moment of truth where people were beginning to recognize him when they arrested Jesus because they were talking about the things that Jesus was preaching was, was heresy. And they arrested him and then they started to recognize Peter and say, Peter, we're, you, were, you walked with him, right? I know you. You walked. I seen you with him. And not once, twice, but, on the, but three times, Peter denied his Jesus. The consequences of his confession were too much to bear, and he failed, and he failed. Yes, he failed miserably. And the fact is that you and I, we've all failed at one time or another, but we need God's strength. In, in Isaiah chapter 28 in our text, I want to just first look at the fact that Jesus is our chief cornerstone. Now the scripture again says there, therefore this is what the sovereign Lord says, look, I'm placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes need never be shaken. Isn't that good news this morning that Jesus is safe to build on? Jesus in this world, he's safe to build on. If there's anything that you want to accomplish, if you, if you rested on Christ, if you build it around Christ, it's safe to build on. Jesus is safe to build on. He is our confidence. He's our strength. He's our hope. He will never fail. This is, I know you've heard it before, but brother and sister, this is just a reminder that he is your cornerstone. He is the one that you and I have to build on. He's our sure foundation. It's a reminder. I know it's a reminder but it's, it's a true reminder that we have to understand and never forget. Precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes need never be shaken. Now I know we get bad news sometimes. I know we had our plans all set and we were thinking A and B and C were gonna happen correctly and right and pattern and in line and in sequence the way we thought. But when that doesn't happen, it's okay, brother and sister, you have to understand that in Christ, you'll never be shaken. Things may not work out the way you planned, but understand that Romans 8, 28, that all things work out for the good. All things work out for the good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Perhaps your children growing up, man, they were the, the, the most God-fearing, Bible-loving children you've ever met. And, and, and over the course of time, perhaps they started to, to experience rebellion and they started to want to make their own choices and they went a different way. God's still at work. You know, you physically can't be with them 24-7, 100% of the time, but I'll tell you what, the Holy Spirit's right there. The Holy Spirit's ministering to, to them. The Holy Spirit is working on them. The Holy Spirit, God hears your prayers, and he's working through your prayers for your family, for your children. Jesus, he's a firm and tested stone. Jesus is still the answer. Jesus is still the way. And brother and sister, you may have been serving God for, for so many years, but we still need to be reminded of this and still hear this, hear this, that Jesus is our answer. Jesus is the way. Jesus is our strength. We can never forget with all the plans that we make, all the ambitions that we have, all the things that we're doing, that he is center and should always and always needs to be center. Through everything, Jesus remained true. Everything. Everything. All the passages that we're blessed to read in the Word of God, Jesus always remained and he stayed true. 
In Hebrews 6.18, the Bible says, so God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Isn't that good news this morning? It's impossible for God to lie. It doesn't matter what is in the political climate, what's going on in the news. As you turn on the news, uh, the things and, and the way things are changing over time and in society and what society deems is okay, all these things, no matter what, the Bible says it's impossible for God to lie. And if God said something's going to happen, it's going to happen. If he's going to accomplish something, he's going to accomplish it. Why? Because he doesn't lie. Thank you, Jesus, that he was true and he remained true and he remained obedient no matter what he went through. And this is an encouragement to you and I, brother and sister. He was tested. He was in the wilderness for, for 40 days being tempted by the enemy, being tested. But he remained true. And you know what that did for you and I? You know what door it opened for you and I? His, his obedience. Thank you, Jesus. In Romans 5.19, the Bible says, Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. See, it's talking about Adam and Eve in the very beginning. They sinned, and sin entered the world. And then that's, that's where why you and I experience sin and the, the evils of sin. But thank you, Jesus, that he came to earth and he obeyed. And because he obeyed, you and I could stand on the word of God. We could stand in truth. We could be obedient. We could be righteous in this world. Why? Because of what Jesus did. He remained true. Now, the scripture says that he is a precious cornerstone. I want to pull up an image right there, if, uh, if you guys can pull it up and put it up on the screen. And what we're looking at there at the base of, of this wall and the corner of this wall is actually a cornerstone. And listen to what uh, the cornerstone means. See, the Bible's telling, uh, talking to us and saying Jesus is a precious cornerstone. Historically, the cornerstone was the most important part of any building. The total weight of an edifice rested on this particular stone, which, if removed, would collapse the whole structure. The cornerstone was also the key to keeping the walls straight and in line. The builder would take sidings along the edges of this part of the building. If the cornerstone was set properly, the stone masons could be assured that all the other corners of the building would be, the appropriate, would be at the appropriate angles as well. The cornerstone became a symbol for that which held life together. And see, it's no accident that the Bible here is prophetically telling and talking about the coming of Jesus and calling him the precious cornerstone because if we look at this description, there are a couple things that we could, that we could put, uh, pull out. The total weight of an edifice rested on this particular stone, which if removed would, co would collapse the whole structure. If Jesus was, was and is removed from our, our lives, what's gonna happen? Things would collapse. Things would fall. Things would fail. We have to be built on him. Now, the cornerstone was also the key to keeping the walls straight. The builders would take sightings along the edges of this part of the building. If the cornerstone was set properly, then the stonemasons could be assured that all the other corners of the building would be at the, uh, the appropriate, appropriate angles as well. So see, the, the cornerstone is not just supporting the building. It's doing that. But it's also setting the standard for how the rest of the building is to be built. It's, it's making sure that the lines are straight and that the building is built true. 
And how many know that the word of God is, is, is our gift that God's given us to, to constantly compare our lives to, to look at, to, to always look at and make sure that we're walking on the straight and narrow because I want my life to be built true. What God's building in my life, I want it to last. I, I, I desire that it would last. And even when the time comes for me to leave here and to, to, to go with the Lord, that, that the impression and the effect that I made in the lives of, of those that I'm blessed to be a part of, that, that it would remain and that I would leave a good testimony in this world. And how is that going to happen? It's only going to happen if I adhere to God's word. Now, it's crazy as you look in society, and this is not news to anyone, but again, you turn on the news and what's being talked about, that it seems that the, the direction of society is getting further and further away from the cornerstone. And so should we wonder why there are so many tragedies taking place in this world? It's a fallen world. Should we be surprised why things are taking place in, in the school system and why uh, decisions are being made and all these crazy things are happening should we be surprised no because every step that i take away from god's word i'm taking a step in the wrong direction we have to pray for our country my goodness that that people would repent that that, that the lawmakers and decision makers would repent and and turn back to the truth of the word of god because without god there's no truth there's no hope without him Let your life, let my life be built on him. One, so that our life could be supported and stand sure. Secondly, so that what we build will be built to last and true. And that only comes through Jesus, only through following his word. The scriptures that were true 100 years ago are still true today. Nothing's outdated. It wasn't for an old time, an old society. It's, it's eternal. If it was right back then, it's right today. As uncomfortable as it may make us feel, as uncomfortable as, as, as it may seem to make people feel, the Bible tells us that if you, sh you shall know the truth, and what? The truth will set you free. My neighbor, my friend, my coworker, they don't need me lying to them to just make them uh, feel better and not offend them when they ask me what's right and what's wrong. They need the truth. And you and I, we're... We're ambassadors of this truth, and we're, if we're given a, a platform to speak God's word and the truth, we need to do it, yes, with, with grace and love, but nevertheless, we need to speak God's word because as it falls upon the ears and the hearts of people, that truth will set them free. Then they'll know this is true. There's no question. We're heralds of the truth, and we have to be faithful with that. When we look at our scripture, our text about Jesus being the precious cornerstone, we understand this description of who he is, that he supports all things, that he should be the foundation of all things in our lives, that when we build upon him according to the truth of his word, that all things will be made right, all things will be right. It's when we try to leave Jesus out of the equation out of our planning, out of our day, out of our minds, out of our hearts, when we start uh, beginning to walk and orchestrate our life on our own ability and wisdom, then things get messed up. Can you say amen? We've seen it. We've seen it on our, on our own lives, right? In our homes, he needs to be the support and the direction. In our marriages, in our families, in your business, in your career, in your day-to-day -day life, Always have this mind of Christ in you that I need to be found on standing on his word every single day.
Now, Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, the Bible says this, talking about the stability of Jesus and, and what we need to build on. It says, uh, Colossians 1, 17, he existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. Is there any question of who Jesus is? Of the deity of Jesus? No, there's no question, right? The Bible tells us right here in verse 19, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Can we relate? Right? God has saved us from so much, yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless. Yes, the Bible says you are holy and blameless. You're saying, Pastor Matt, do you know me? Do you know my past? Do you know where I come from? It doesn't matter. The Bible says here that you are holy and blameless through Christ as you stand before him without a single fault. Man, that's good news this morning. Goodness. How'd you feel walking through these doors this morning? Perhaps you made a bad mistake. Perhaps you were thinking in a way that you shouldn't have thought. Perhaps you said something that you shouldn't have said. But in Jesus Christ, you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fall. Thank you, Jesus, for his sacrifice, for his mercy, for his grace. Goodness. On the way to church this morning, I had my two youngest uh, with me, and uh, they were just starting to ask questions, right, uh, about, about Jesus and why he died. Why did he have to die? And as far as they see, their Jesus was, was, was a victim, right? Like, man, they, they, they threw him on the cross, and, and why did he die? And I was trying to explain it, like, in a way that a child can understand. And I was just, I was taken back. Because sometimes we take it for granted and we understand like, well, it was part of his plan. We knew why he had to die. But, but my youngest, when I said that, well, he had to die. She said, no. No, he didn't have to die. Why did he have to die? I was trying to pray for God's wisdom at that moment. Because we take it for granted. But how do I, how do you explain that? You know, two plus two is four, right? Something so simple that we take for granted. But she heard about him being uh, crucified and dying, and she was just, why? The question was, why? God, help me. Give me wisdom. In Psalms 118, verse 22, the Bible says, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. So Jesus is our cornerstone. So now, as we have that foundation, the question is, what is your life built on? What are you building your life on this morning? Because people build their lives on many things. They, they build it on on. on selfish ambition they build it on fame they build it on on material possessions they want to build it on power and influence build their life on good works on self what can i accomplish positivity good energy we hear all these things right as far as i'm concerned i believe in the holy spirit i don't believe in good vibes and good energy i send good energy your way i don't need that pray for me Ask the Holy Spirit to help me and strengthen me. I don't need good energy. I need, I need Jesus. I need God's help in my life. Be careful, church, when you start talking and, and partaking in that. There's Jesus, the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost in my life. 
See, our lives could be built on so many things. And all these things will come uh, to nothing at the end of this life. It's all got to be built on Jesus. And whatever we build, build it on him. Yes, your career, your home, your, your ambition, whatever dreams and goals. God, God, God is a God of dreams and goals and ambitions. I'm not saying that we don't have that. Yes, dream the biggest dream. Shoot for the stars. Aim for the stars at, at your workplace, in your career, wherever you're at, at your home, with your family, and your influence. All these areas, aim for the stars. Go big. Because God's a big God and he can do it, but make sure we're built on Christ, that it's founded on Christ, that your life is built on Jesus each and every day. So when we talk about this and talk about the temptation of self and building our life on something that other than, uh, uh, than Christ, I want to look at the temptation of Christ in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. But before we do that, there's a scripture here in, in 1 John 2.16, if you're taking notes. Listen to this scripture, 1 John 2.16. We're talking about building our life on Christ. The Bible says this, 1 John 2.16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Okay? If you would just encompass, if you would just boil every temptation down, every temptation that you've ever experienced, every, every tool of the enemy, every fiery dart that he throws at you, every temptation, if you would have to boil it down, it's boiled down to this. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those three things encapsulate every temptation, everything. Every temptation that, that you and I experience, it's encapsulated by, by that truth. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, okay? So now if we look in Matthew chapter 4, the whole passage is verse 1 through 10. We understand about the temptation of Christ. Jesus was in the wilderness, right? He was there. He was fasting. And the enemy came when he was hungry. He came to tempt him. Now the first one in, verse, in, in our passage, in verse 3 the devil said, it says this, he says, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Okay, so the devil was tempting him. What would you call this? What category would we put this in? This is the lust of the flesh. It had to do with his flesh. His physical, right? And there's, there are sins out there that, that people chase after that appeal to the physical, right? They physically make you feel something. They physically make you feel a certain way. So there's the lust of the flesh. So the devil came at him with that temptation. But Jesus said, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So Jesus was, was speaking the truth that my sustaining power is not in, in what I eat, but it's in God. Can you say amen? You with me? Okay. Secondly, the second one that we see the enemy uh, speak to him, he said this, the devil says if you, in verse 6, if you are the son of God, jump off, for the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Okay? So that's the, the pride of life, right? That, that the enemy was tempting him with that. That yes, if you say who you, 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 say who you are, jump off this thing and you're so important that, that God will send the angels to just, to just catch you. So there was the second, the pride of life. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not tempt the Lord your God. And next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain. Here's what he said. And he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He says, I will give it all to you, the lust of the eyes. He showed him all the kingdoms, all the, the, the glitz and the glamour of, how, of all these things that money can buy that the enemy would just give him if he, if he would bow down and worship him. 
See, even Jesus was tempted in the realm of these three things. But at each corner, at each step, the word of God was his foundation. God was his cornerstone, if, and he told him, if you will kneel, kneel down and worship me. And then verse 10, Jesus says, get out of here, Satan. Jesus told him, for the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. You're gonna be tempted, brother and sister, but understand that it's coming from the basis of these three things. It's gonna to appeal to, to what you see, it's gonna to appeal, appeal to what you feel, and it's gonna to appeal to your pride. Those three things. What are you building your life on? If you're taking notes, 1 Corinthians 3, 9 through 15. For we are both God's workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. We're talking about the cornerstone and foundation. Verse 10, because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder, Paul is saying. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we have already laid, Jesus Christ. So again, Jesus Christ is the foundation, and your work will be tested. Okay, in verse 12, anyone who builds on the foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw, but on the judgment day, listen to this, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. We must be careful what we're building. Is it about your personal ambition about how you look in front of people, or is it about Christ? Is it about glorifying Christ in your life, or is it about me? See, if I build my life just about me and the way I look, and what I could accomplish, then that's all gonna be burned away one day. But whatever we do for Christ, to glorify him, to, to promote his kingdom, to, 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 to just do his will, that is gonna last. So I understand and I know that we want whatever we build to last. Can you say amen? We want it to last, right? So we have to build it on Christ. Now lastly, I wanna look at Ephesians 2.19 at the fact that Jesus is our support. I believe there's some that are perhaps watching this morning or, or you're here physically and you're heartbroken. You've been through some things recently and, and you just, you feel shattered, you feel heartbroken, you feel betrayed, you feel discouraged, whatever it may be. We're human and we go through these things, we feel these, these things, but we have to understand that Jesus is our support. He's your support. I open up this message, what, you feel that you can't finish, Jesus is your support, he's your strength. You're gonna finish because he's called you to finish because he's gonna give you the strength. Now the Bible says this, Ephesians 2, 19. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners, you are citizens along with all of God's holy people. He's talking to us. You're citizens along with all of God's holy people. You were members of God, you're members of God's family. Is that good news? You're members of God's family. You're my brother, you're my sister. We call each other that, why? Because we're all members of God's family, all right? Verse 20, now listen to this. Together, together, together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We learned that, right? Verse 21, listen to this. We are carefully joined together in him 
We're carefully joined together in him. Now, when I, when I read these words, I, I don't get the sense of there being anything solitary about this, right? I understand that our relationship with Christ is personal. It's, it's us in Christ, right? That, that's personal. But about being built up in Christ, it's, it's done together, you and I. Brother and sister, we need you. You may feel perhaps or th- that you're unimportant or, 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 or your testimony and your, your faith is not important, but, but we need you, brother and sister, in this place. You're needed in the kingdom of God. You're very important. You're, you're an integral part of God's kingdom and what he's doing. You're so important that you have to stand. The Bible says in verse 20, together we are his house. And then we jump to verse 21, we are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. What if you were doing a puzzle, right? One of these large puzzles, a thousand piece puzzle, right? And you, you have your whatever strategy you do to get that. You do the edges first and you find similar colors and it takes all this time and you're doing this puzzle and you spend hours and hours of time to put this thing together and there you are. There's just one more piece left right in the middle but you can't find it. How would you feel? Would you boast about this puzzle? Yeah, I did this puzzle, but there's, there's just one gaping hole right there in the middle. And you're gonna turn, you know what you're gonna do, you're gonna turn your house upside down to look for that, that thing because as far as we're concerned, you're 99% done, you haven't finished it. Why? Because there's a missing piece. And brother and sister, can I say that without you here, without you standing at your post, without you, being faithful to what God's called you to do. It's like there's a missing piece. Perhaps my brother and sister watching online, tuning in, we, we thank God that you're tuning in, but because of circumstance and situation and whatever, you, you, couldn't have, you can't make it, but, but physically, you're, you're the missing piece. I, I implore you, come back. We, we miss you. We need you. If by God's strength and by God's power and you're able to come back physically, we need you. See, you're so important. Together, we're built in Christ. This holy temple, together. Yes, salvation is a personal decision. But together, God's building something beautiful. He's our support. Just some scriptures here. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, mark that down. Remember that he loves you and he cares for you. James chapter 1, verse 5, if you need wisdom, just ask him. And that's, that's James, uh, James chapter 1, verse 5. If you need something from God, just ask him. Luke 11, 9 through 10 for your notes. If you need direction, Psalm 119, 105, seek him in his word, he'll give you direction. Everything is found in him. But as we look at our our scripture, as I prepare to close, and the worship team can make their way up, says, together we are his house. We are carefully joined together. You know, the beauty of of serving God for for some years, and there are many in here that have served God for many, many years, it's, it's not for the simple fact to say that you've been serving God for X number of years, whatever it is. But the way I see it, it's, it's because through all those years, you're able to see the glorious works of God. Yeah. Miracles. Now, I believe that, that folks, by God's grace, can, can get saved on their deathbed be, the, the moments before they, they enter into eternity. That's a beautiful thing. It's gracious. It's God's grace. 
but, but I'm convinced that the longer you serve God, the more blessed you are to see the miracles that he's done. I look around here and I see miracles. Those who who've, we've conversated and you've been able to share your testimony of all the great things God's done, it's, it's like my eyes beholding the wondrous works of God as the Bible talks about through your lives, through your steadfastness. You've opened your life a little bit and I, and I, I, I know the the past that you come from and to see you here in the, in the house of God in your right mind, it's a beautiful thing. It's a miracle, it's a miracle to me. And if I would proclaim that I don't need church, I just need me and Jesus all the way, that's all I need, I don't need church. Or, you know, if I was, would, would adopt that opinion, I'd be robbed of so much. Hebrews 10, 25 for your for your notes. We have to come to church. It's so important. Together. Jesus is our cornerstone and he's building something in our lives. But he's doing it with all of us. Together. We're perfectly fitted together with all of our imperfections. All of our hang-ups. All of, of your attitudes. All of my attitudes. All of your complexes. All of my complexes. Whatever it may be. All these things. We're perfectly imperfect, but in God's will and kingdom, he's perfectly joining us together so that we complement one another, one another. God's doing something powerful in this ministry, and I'm so proud to be a part of it. I'm so proud to be a part of what God's doing here. And however way that I could help to, to minister, to encourage, whatever it is, I'm blessed to do it. I've seen with my own eyes many many amazing works and testimonies with my own eyes i've seen it miracles after miracles here within these four walls today i see it as i look out in your testimony your steadfastness you're still standing you've gone to hell and back but you're still standing you're holding on it may not be how you want it to be but god has brought you so far you you're, you're still standing and i've been blessed to see so many miracles through this local body and if I could just open up my life a little bit and, and one of the many things that God had placed in my wife's heart and my heart when we were first uh, married we of course you want to start a family right and you've heard many of you have heard this testimony before but for those that that haven't um, there there were many years that have that, that had gone by that uh, we were desiring children desiring and, and year would go by two years okay three years and, and, and four years years and the years would pass and we would pray and it was it was a hidden place it was a hidden place in our heart and we would we would show up we were being faithful to what God called us to do with a smile on our face and and doing our doing our best but there are those those different times of life different holidays and seasons specifically like Mother's Day and Father's Day right where they would come and go and 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 just there there there's an aching of our hearts tears waiting hearing about patience and believing God and I'm believing for you and then God is so strategic he, he sent people whether it be over the pulpit or our pastors or our brothers or sisters to constantly pray for us and encourage us those few that 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 were aware of of the struggle five years passed six years passed seven years passed 
but on year number eight of our, of our marriage. Year number eight, amen. I can remember at this day, I, for that, that day, for some reason, I rode my bike to work, and uh, I, I was riding home, right? And um, I remember opening the door, and, and what do I see uh, right there as I walked in? I see my wife teary-eyed, and I see some balloons, and she broke the news to me that she was pregnant. Thank you, Jesus. All glory to Jesus because we, we, had, we had no other choice. We had to hold on to faith, hold on to, to his word. And I thank God because it, we didn't do it alone. We didn't, the miracle, the spiritual journey, people encouraging us, praying in the background, praying and believing, just words of encouragement every so often, right? We had to, we had to, to continue to walk, but people constantly praying for us and believing. And I beheld the glory of God through that miracle. And I'll tell you, we would have been happy with, with one. We would have been blessed. You know where I'm getting at. Here came number two. Goodness. My boy. I got a boy, right? I had my, my daughter. I had my boy. Okay, we're blessed. Two's good. God, you've, you've already surpassed, you know, just my daughter. Two's great. Thank you, Jesus. Number three. Whoa, my goodness. Three, we're all set, right? Very good. Do you know where I'm getting at? Most of you know. Three was great. And my, my, my third is five. Here comes number four. Here comes number four. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sometime midsummer, the end of July, here here, here, he or she comes, we don't know yet, but uh, praise God, we, we are expecting again, and it, it's a miracle, and God never, never, thank you, Jesus, God never disappoints, I want to close with the scripture as we prepare for our altar call, Psalms 59, 16, but as for me, I will sing about your power, each morning I will sing with joy about your unfailing love. For you have been my refuge, a place of safety when I am in distress. Oh, my strength. That's, a sur that's the title of our sermon. Oh, my strength. To you I sing praises. For you, oh God, are my refuge, the God who shows me unfailing love. Church, would you, would you worship God with me this morning? Let's give God praise in this place for his, his grace, for his strength, for his love in your life for the miracles that he's performed over your life. Father, we thank you, God, for your grace and mercy, God. We thank you for the many miracles, God, that you've blessed us with, Father. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Father, we thank you.